What 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 really changed me, and, and it wasn't the fact it was the expectations on the football field and performing for me. It was the off the field expectations that that I wasn't expecting. The weight rooms are way more advanced than I ever remember. I mean, I remember coming in, and as you know, the north and south gyms where we were lifting yeah. my my early year were. You know, there's high schools that, uh, you know, that, that, that blow that stuff out. But just the, the technological advancements in the weight room. And I said, honestly, I, I don't remember crowd noise even being registered inside the ear here. It was more of Leonard Little and Al Wilson's faces coming at my head, right? As- Welcome back to another rep. My name is Steve Hagan. I love this show because I get to reconnect with some of my old players and, uh, just like today, John Denton is on. He played quarterback for us at UNLV and uh, just a great guy. Recruited him out of high school and uh, big time, big time athlete, big time football player. So it's going to be so fun reconnecting and hearing his story and what he's done and where he's at and what he's doing now. So, hey, hit subscribe, hit like, tell your people, and let's go get another rep with John. Let's go, let's go. Man, I am so excited. John, you are on another rep today. This is so exciting. John played quarterback for us at UNLV about, geez, how long ago, John? I think it was about five, six years ago. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Probably about 20 years ago. Probably about 20 years ago, it seems like, about a little over 20 years ago. Wow. You know what? That pisses me off. Time is flying by way too fast. Way too fast. Way too fast. Let's start out. Um, let's tell everybody where you grew up and all that, because no one knows who you are. You used to be a big shot, like maybe I was a big shot, but no one knows about us anymore. <laughs> so that's right. Let's remind everybody, man. Let's go. Where'd you grow up? Yeah, I grew up uh, right dead center in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, one of the uh, rare breeds of being a, a native Las Vegan, as you know. Um, <laughs> not too many, not too many of those around these days. Um, but uh, yeah, I grew up in Las Vegas and. Uh, was a was an avid athlete growing up with the uh, support of my mom and dad and um you know I played almost almost played every single sport I think at this point and um you know my dad coached me from the ages of 6 to 14 in uh baseball basketball and especially football where he was probably my biggest influence um and again Wait, stop grew right up in there. Life. stop stop yeah. how was he your biggest influence in football well, I think he, well, in football, was, he was a, not only a, a coach, but uh, and hard on me on the field. But uh, when I got off the field, he was very supportive, very, very encouraging, um, reassuring that, hey, I'm hard on you on the field for a reason. Uh, it's because I have high expectations of you more than I have any of, uh, of the other kids that I got out there. Yeah. So I, I learned early on that, um, you know, it's okay to have high expectations of yourself and by other people. And, uh, even if you don't live up to those expectations on a daily basis, or you might fall short, at least you're, uh, at least you're coming fairly close to, uh, to, to hitting those goals, you know? Yeah. Were you always the quarterback or did you start out at like a uh, wide receiver or something like that? No, as I said, my dad was the, was the coach. And uh, so he said, if, uh, if we're going down, I'm going down with you throwing the rock so <laughs> from, uh, from, from age six to 14 until he handed me off to the high school ranks. I was, uh, I was the quarterback for our team. Very cool. And I'm sure you guys won a bunch of games, man. I know we you did. did. We did. We did. Yeah. We had a good time too. So 14 years old, you go to high school. What high school did you go to? I know, but they don't know. Yeah. Green Valley high school. Uh, it was a brand new high school. So uh, I was approached eighth grade to say, Hey, you want a zone variance to uh, 
a brand new high school had all the bells and whistles i think we even had a mcdonald's inside that sucker what so, <laughs> yeah so we were uh and a bank inside there so you know you not only could withdraw money out of your bank but you could spend it at mcdonald's inside there too. you have any so slot machines was, uh... in the, uh, in the cafeteria? <laughs> That, that was outside the back. That was outside the back door. That's outside hey, of the teacher vision. When I first moved to Vegas to coach out there, and uh, I had been to Vegas, you know, in college gambling and stuff. But when I lived out there twenty four seven, I was like, "What in the wide world of sports is going on out here?" They had <laughs> slot machines in the McDonald's. I was yeah. like, "Wow!" You take your change, you get your change, whatever change. I don't know what it was, and you turn around and try and double it, but it never worked. Yeah. <laughs> we, we call that we call that donations. <laughs> we call that donations. Bro. But, uh, but, so uh, high, yeah, school, to, high school was good for you. Yeah, went to Green Valley. Like I said, brand new high school. Had the opportunity to uh, make a name for myself at a school that had never had anybody, no history. Uh, so started my uh, sophomore year through the through my senior year and, um, you know, ended up playing for a state title my, my senior year. And, uh, and we ended up losing. But uh, over the course of that whole school year, we ended up playing for a state title in both football and basketball and baseball. Um, so it was a it was a successful high school run for me. And I knew just from my father's upbringing that uh, him playing baseball at Fresno State that I wanted to be a, a next level athlete at some level. And, you know, obviously, when you came into my living room with uh, with Coach Horton and uh, Coach B. White, I was. I was uh, I was moved to play for my hometown school that I ended up you know growing up watching being on the 50 yard line so it was an opportunity I didn't pass up. Yeah, that was that was very cool. We were blessed to have you say yes because you know recruiting's crazy, you know, and it's you never know what's going to happen. So you just you're trying to make it happen with the best guys you can get, and you were one yeah. of them. So that was fun. Well, tell tell you. me a little bit about because um, you've played multiple sports. Culture's huge, and you're a business guy now. And we're going to talk about culture in uh, in sport, where you pretty much learned learned what culture was all about growing up, mm-hmm. and then how it relates to business. But let's just start out with culture. What's the difference between a football culture and a basketball or a baseball culture in your mind? Well, I, I mean, I specifically remember playing basketball and football at a high level in Green Valley, and my role was completely opposite on both of those teams. I was a very vocal, out front leader on the football team. You know, I was the one leading the team runs. I was this. But on the basketball side, there were better basketball players on the team that that played D1, that this was their show. You know, John, you have a role, spot up at the three, play some D, you know, get us some buckets and get us some steals. That's your role. And I and I ended up having to flip that switch from, you know, November, December, right, right in that area and uh, becoming a role player. And I think that it, it helped me because, uh, again, I saw both sides of uh, both sides of that culture train that we're talking about here is that, hey, everybody's got a role on the team and you have to perform those roles to be very successful. Yeah, um, we, had, we had guys that played three, four minutes that were understanding of the role, accepting of it. And that's why we played for state titles back to back in both basketball and football. Yeah, so it's not easy to to accept it for some when you're growing up because you don't see it in the same lens that you're seeing it through now. You see it through a different lens now as somebody's father and having gone through it and all that. So you're you you're the starting quarterback and you're playing for championships and you get recruited to a division one school. What's that pressure feel like? You know, there's some other guys that I've interviewed that um, you've even listened to a couple of them on mm-hmm. this podcast. But what did it feel like for you, you know, just stepping in going. 
in in some sense you're like man i'm the man and then in other senses you're like whoa i'm the man here everybody's looking at me you know so how'd that feel to you well i, I think as i said before i my, my my dad always put the the high expectations on me so i was always used to playing with with other expectations that were that were high but also myself putting those expectations on myself to come in start early i remember that was one of my big recruiting pitches i was like look i want to come in i want to play early or at least get the opportunity to play early and you guys provided that and said hey after this year seniors leave it's open book I really took on to that and what what, re what really changed me and, and it wasn't the fact it was the expectations on the football field and performing for me it was the off the field expectations that that I wasn't expecting that I wasn't in uh, I wasn't prepared for whether it was by my dad or by myself or by the school or whoever but being pulled in multiple directions because I did have a very successful early start to my career I broke a bunch of records. Um, you know, I was Heisman Trophy. I was the third-ranked junior behind Peyton Manning and Tim Couch and all this stuff at one point. Um, but being pulled in multiple different directions, um, both from a good and a bad, like you were saying here, you know, from the uh, as we were leading up to this, really, really confused me a little bit because I loved everybody. I, I trusted everybody. I thought everybody was in it for me, um, which we know. You know, growing up, you have to learn the hard way sometimes. And, um, yeah. you know, I unfortunately learned the hard way, made some decisions of mine that were, you know, not the best decisions that I made, even though they weren't, you know, you look back on them now and they seem so uh, so small compared to the world we live in nowadays. But again, they were decisions that cost me, uh, and I like to look at it, cost me millions of dollars at some point, um, cost me an opportunity to play in the NFL, um, in, you know, in a long-term scope, but at the same time, better prepared me for life. Uh, yeah. better prepared me for having kids better prepared me as a coach um and even in the business world too so again it's about how you look at it and perception is the key right that's right you learn somewhere along the way we all learn who we need to hang out with and and sometimes you just got to go nope <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that's not easy especially when you're young you know it's not easy and sometimes it's not easy for a guy like me i'm 60 and some guys are you know, talking and I just got to have my like notepad on or something. I just got to be like, nope, I ain't going there. <laughs> doing that. Yeah, no so, doubt. I agree. Yeah. Well, hey, so talk about choices. Let's talk about now you're somebody's dad and you're raising, you have three girls. <laughs> God's getting back at you a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. You have a beautiful wife. So when you start talking to your daughters about choices and direction and Let's talk a little bit about that from a dad's perspective. Take your coaching yeah. hat off, put your dad hat on. Yeah. So that, I mean, they, they were, they were exposed to, to my career and, you know, my, you know, everything that happened to me, good and bad uh, early on growing up, all of them. Uh, I was never. You know, How were they never exposed? Showed. Did you tell them or your wife tell them or what happened? How yeah, they, they were, you know, they were, well, they saw the, they saw the articles and stuff around the house, uh, you know, some of the memorabilia that's down in the boxes that mom would go through and all this stuff. And, yeah. you know, they would go through and they'd read an article. What happened here, dad? And then all of a sudden with this invention of the thing called the internet, you know, they can type in the name, and <laughs> read, read these past articles that, you know, when they were only eight, you know, now they're 16 reading these articles. So, it became just a, it, it became an open subject for us. And I really use that as a platform to tell them or to show them that, look, you have the opportunity to do something great. My, and I will, my middle one is a heptathlon runner right now for the uh, University of Nebraska, Omaha, pre-med, right? And she's going through changes and involvement in her, in her career and her sports. And it's, 
those decisions sometimes that she's making now are based off of, hey, dad has been through this, right? Dad has taught me that maybe I need to say no here, right? Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and study or, I mean, being a pre-med major was a little bit different than pre-criminal justice major, which I was at. So a little bit yeah. different studies, but that platform that it was just an open platform. And uh, again, yeah, dad lost an opportunity to do some great things in his life that uh, potentially you guys might not be here if he had taken those routes, right? So <laughs> a lot of good things came from those things, from those decisions. And just because it was a bad decision doesn't mean it has to live with you forever. That's right. That's right. It's a great opportunity to learn. I think, I think um, if we don't learn, we lose, right? Absolutely. Sometimes losing is just straight up losing. But if you can learn from it, it can you you can get a victory out of it somewhere. Yep. Maybe not just that day, but later on, like you're saying. So let's Absolutely. go through all your daughters. One was a Hawkeye, right? Iowa. Yeah, yeah. My oldest one is uh, she's now 22. Is a labor and delivery nurse at one of the major hospitals out in Omaha. So uh, I don't know where my family got the the medical background of it, but it surely wasn't from me because I pass out on the side of blood. So um, <laughs> yeah, the uh, the middle one, like I said, uh, heptathlon runner at University of Nebraska Omaha, should be a senior next year, pre med. And then uh, my youngest one is fourteen. Again, she's probably my best athlete, as usually the youngest ones are, because they see the uh, the, the yeah. two going at it above her and. Um, she's the starting point guard on the, uh, on the varsity basketball team out here and just qualified for state and, uh, and some hurdle events. So, uh, some pretty good athletes married to my wife for 21 years. And, uh, you know, I like to say that some of the, some of the athleticism does come from my wife because she was on the dance team back in the day and all that good stuff. But, there you, uh, go. uh, you know, definitely, definitely the book smarts for my wife's side for sure. Wow. Well, I mean, you're, you're like rolling with, does your youngest daughter want to go to college and play sports or is she not sure or what? Oh yeah. I think that's uh, I think that's deep down inside. I mean, she's one of the, she's in this era now with the kids where the distractions are so plentiful that uh, you know, it's hard to get a read on sometimes. Right. But uh, yeah. all I do know is when uh, the competition is, is on um, she's usually uh, she's usually locked in. Yeah. Um, and, and when it's in season, you know, like I said, she's locked in now summer. She's like, eh, AAU ball. Nah, I'm going to the beach. I'm going to the pool. I'm hanging out, you know? So it's, you know, it's, we're, we're right on that cusp, right? We're going to have to make a decision soon, whether we want to get serious about it or not. To commit. Yeah. The, yeah. You know what I like about what you said earlier? Um, you know, the internet and, uh, you know, the, the articles are in a box or whatever, but I love how you said, and you didn't say it this way, but this is the way I say it to my players and my kids. I have four kids. I say clarity is kind. It doesn't always feel kind right then at that second. But, yeah. you know, when it was out there for you, you got to explain this to your daughters and say, hey, man, I stepped in the mud here. You don't have to, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I just think that's super cool. Um, what are you doing now for a living? Yeah, so I've been in software I'm sales. sorry, let me cut you back because you moved yeah, from, you 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 don't live in Vegas anymore. And you lived out in Omaha. Where do you live? Right outside of Omaha. I live actually in the state of Iowa. So we're right on the right on the border of Iowa, Nebraska, Missouri. So right in that southwest little corner down there. Um yeah, I moved out here about I'd say about eleven years ago. Uh definite change of pace, that's for sure. <laughs> um you know, when I first got out here, you know, people couldn't believe that I moved from Las Vegas out here. I just said, hey, I'm part of the witness protection program. It kind of got us it kind of got us into a good little conversational piece at that point, a little icebreaker. But, you know, it's uh, been out here about 11 years. Love it. It's a great change of pace. It was a great way to raise my kids. My wife is originally from here. So she's got a lot of her family back here. Um, again, 
I was traveling most of the time for work anyway, the last 10, 15 years. So um, it was a, it was a good opportunity to kind of slow pace a little bit and um, kind of hit the brakes a little bit on the, on, on how we were living our day to day. You can open your own casino out there. <laughs> hey, it's, 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 hey, believe me, that's been on the thought train here recently. <laughs> Next time, next time we do a podcast, you'll have some big fat gold chain or something. <laughs> <laughs> no. What are you doing now? So I work for a company called PerchFit. We uh, we're a velocity based training platform that uh, is utilized by. Funny, we're talking football. It's utilized by the last two, uh, two of the last three national champion winners. I'll just put it at that. I won't name schools, but. Uh, Georgia and LSU are, are, are big users of our, of our equipment. And uh, we have probably, I'd say, over a couple hundred uh, customers at this point right now. And um, so it's velocity-based training. It uh, attaches to the weight rack, and it really enhances the way teams are utilizing the weight room these days with technology, as we talked about, uh, camera systems. Um, so it's pretty, uh, it's pretty high-depth stuff. And uh, you got uh, the founders are from MIT. So they're a little bit smarter than I am at this point uh, on some of this stuff, but uh, you're smarter at some other stuff. That's right. I'd say we could run a 40 or we could throw some out routes if you want. And, uh, <laughs> we, can, uh, we, we could, we could level the playing field a little bit, um, but uh, it's really, it's a really interesting platform. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a three-year-old startup company. And that's, that's been my MO the last 10 or 12 years is really working in high-end startups. Um, some successful, some maybe not so successful, but uh, that's the, that's the fun of it, right? Getting to build and uh, and to steer your own ship a little bit. Yeah. So you're flying around and you're going into these different colleges and stuff. What is different that you're seeing now than when you were playing? What do you think? Uh, I, I tell you, you I, almost, I, anything. What do you think? Yeah. I, I, well, the weight rooms are way more advanced than I ever remember. I mean, I remember coming in and as you know, the North and South gyms where we were lifting yeah. my, my early year were you know, there's high schools that, uh, you know, that, that, that blow that stuff out, but just the, the technological advancements in the weight room that are inside the racks, there's probably four or five different things that they're using technology wise, but heart rate monitors, you know, sleep monitors, you know, all of this stuff. And then, you know, for me, one of the things just from a non-technologically side, I was looking at, uh, it's so loud in these weight rooms nowadays. I mean, they are, but they're, they've got so many speakers, they've got so many, you know, so many players and so just so busy that I don't ever remember it being that loud and being that hard to communicate from a coaching aspect to a player. I mean, these coaches are screaming at the top of their lungs just to get a just to get a simple instruction about a rep in. And uh, I mean, it's the you know, you're you're catering to the to that environment. Right. These these kids want to be involved. They want to listen to their music, work out how they want. But um you know, so it's a, it's a good blend, good technology, but it's a little loud for me in those weight rooms. <laughs> You're getting old, dude. You're getting old. <laughs> you know what? Some of it I think is um, like in coaching, we say, ignore the noise, dial in on what you're supposed to be focused on. So yeah. when it is loud in there, it's okay to be bopping and, and doing whatever, but when it's time to go, it's go time and you need to get focused in. So if it's your rep or whatever, so you know, it's it's a little different than golf, where hey, shh, he's yeah. putting. Unless you're at the uh, at the waste management open in Phoenix or something. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But that's right. You know, uh, football is a different sport. You know, everybody's screaming and yelling, and when the when you hike the ball, it's it's mayhem. But you don't hear that. I mean, how yeah. much of that did you hear? How much well, of that was did that? you hear when you were playing? 
not not a bit. I was asked the other day on a on a I subbed in on a radio show, and the guy were asking me about the Tennessee game playing in front of one hundred six thousand. And I said, honestly, I I don't remember crowd noise even being registered inside the ear here. It was more of Leonard Little and Al Wilson's faces coming at my head, right? As a, as opposed to the uh, uh, as opposed to the crowd noise. So yeah, I, I agree. I, don't, I think you. I think it's just kind of natural if you're a, if you're a dialed in athlete. I think you you're so honed into that asset to that moment right there that there is no other there is no other signals you're picking up other than your own. Yeah, you're 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 trained to see and hear what you're supposed to hey right. you're training guys now right you're training young guys yeah so i've uh I, i've never yeah i've never given up on uh you know coaching i've been a volunteer coach for 14 years but uh out here i actually picked up some head coaching opportunities uh in the middle middle of the 2015 16 17 season and there's a kid i picked up uh, as a freshman um, tall, lanky kid. And he, he approached me and said, Hey, you same thing kind of, Hey, you played at the next level. I want to play at the next level. Um, what's it going to take? Um, you know, would you train me? Would you help me? And, um, I he's, he's turned into one of the, one of the best tight ends in the state of Iowa right now. Um, you know, six, four, two forty in the weight room, really good kid, really, you know, I told him, I, you know, I lay this stuff out. It's not about football for me. Are you a good kid to your teachers? Are you, are you lay, lying it down at home? Are you working? Are you, you know, in it for the community? And then we can talk about training the football, right? Um, for me, I just wanted to make sure these kids get off on a right foot. We don't have that type of access to folks that have Division One experience in our small area here, right? So it's just my, uh, it's just my duty to give back what I know, right? And I think just from a from a servant leadership uh, that I've always kept in the business world, I still have four or five kids that I look after that same way out here. Yeah, Dallas Clark is from Iowa. Yep. He's Absolutely. Not all bad. <laughs> no, no, no. There's some good ones. I may tell you, this is, uh, I'm, I'm really, I'm really pleased at how the, the community and the people are out here in Iowa is funny. I go back home to Vegas and I get the rental car and the first 10 or 12 people, you know, I'm, you know, I'm waving to just like you would normally when you're driving and they're looking at you like, who is this nuthead waving at us? Right. And it's just like, well, they don't wave back at you here. You got to remember that. You know, so <laughs> So it's just those little things about the small town that I really enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Small town USA. Tell me some of the things, tell everybody that's listening, some of the things that you tell your kids that not, not necessarily your daughters, but them also, but some of those things that you just say over and over and over those culture builders for building their mind, making them stronger, that tight end that you're coaching or anybody else, those young guys that you're coaching. Cause there's a lot of high school coaches that listen to this podcast there's a lot of college coaches that listen because i've coached everywhere right <laughs> so yeah. i'm connected to a lot of people and so they they listen to this and they say hey man i love listening to john when he was said this so no pressure man but i'm just i'm just curious myself like what are some of those things you like to say like i say hey man you got to ignore the noise or you know those kind of things what are some of those things? Yeah, well, I, I think really for for me here recently is because I don't have the we don't have the luxury of of, of the big schools coming down into this area here, right? We don't have yeah. very rarely do you get a D one talent from our our area here. So being a D one talent and having the opportunity to be exposed to coaches back in my day, I've had to I've had to kind of change the way that I approach these kids. Of hey, it's 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 now about work ethic and with social media, I think these kids are allowed to to expand their network a little bit more than I was. Right. Yeah, I, yeah. I had to send out a videotape. Right. I mean, 
God forbid you had to do that nowadays, doing the mail and all this stuff, right? You hit send on your Twitter account and, you know, every coach in America has access to your stuff. So it's about really honing in on a business side to these kids at some point, like, hey, you're, I don't want to say you're a brand, but if you're going to get exposed, right, you have to put what you're doing on video. You've got to be able to take that video. You've got to be able to market yourself, right? That's outside of the work. That's outside of the working part of it. Now, yeah. the work ethic, it, it, the work ethic part of this thing is they don't have somebody to look up to, right? They haven't had a D1 athlete come from their program ever, right? So what does that work ethic look like? Right. So now you have to take outside influences, other D1 people like Bubba Gonzalez that you know of. Right. I've had him come talk to my team. This is what it takes to be a big D1 center. My son's now a division one center. So you have to you have to bring in outside influences for these kids to attach onto for them to start believing it themselves. Yes. Right. And then once they start believing it themselves like this kid did, now it's now it's just you start playing off of, hey, is that work ethic matching that desired goal? Yeah. Is that work ethic matching the desired goal? That's usually what I, because again, most of these kids are good kids here. Most of these kids aren't in trouble, right? So you're not having to be the, the second father. Some of these kids, they come from really good families. So now it's just about taking that opportunity and maximizing it through marketing, work ethic, you know, reaching out to coaches for them. Like, you know, so I do all that stuff for these kids and, you know, it's, uh, it makes me feel good when they get a call from, you know, from, you know, when, somebody calls them and says, Hey, I just got a call from Northern Illinois. You know, it's great. You know, that, that that's, that's a win for me. Right? That my, my job's necessarily done at this point. Right. And I mean, it, but it's uh, just from a support aspect, but yeah, I mean, it's hard. And I, I've been in the coaching aspect out here as a head coach to say, Hey, I got a really good running back. Come down here and look at this kid. Well, you know, we'll swing down there if there's something else down there to look at. Right. It's like, a lot yeah. of those kids get missed, right? A lot of those kids get missed and they attach that stigma to themselves sometimes, which you've got to, you've got to really pull that out of them. Yeah. Do you encourage them to go to camps at Iowa or Nebraska or, you know, absolutely. Whatever? Yeah, absolutely. That's part of that. When I, when I talked earlier about laying out that plan early on is that, you know, Hey, it's about, it's about the outside of football, but during football, right. You know, you're going to be, I, I encourage, I can't make these kids do it, but I encourage you to go to the, every camp that within a five mile out, you know, five hour drive. Right. Yeah. If you can get there in five and come home in five, your parents should be willing to take you. You know, if not, let me know. I'll take you to some of these, which I've done. I've I took the big tight end out to UNLV last year, um, exposed him to some of the West Coast schools. Um, so it's again, it's uh, each one of these cases are different. But, you know, out here, it's really simple for me because it's it's really trying to pull the work ethic out of these kids. And the ones that do, they they, they really shine. Yeah. Do they ever get to the camp and you see them kind of shaking? <laughs> A little bit, a little yeah. bit. Um, his first camp uh, was at Iowa State last year. Like his first real good camp was at Iowa State last year and the coaches had been talking to him and he just kind of, he was timid. You know, he was really, I just was like, let it, let it out, man. You know, you're one of the better athletes out here. Let it shine, let it go. And he went to two or three camps in between that UNLV camp and he came out that UNLV camp and uh, he mossed a couple linebackers at UNLV camp and and, uh, you know, really got on the radar of some some bigger schools and started getting some, some. So it was I think that was a good tie in for him to see, you know, being able to progress during that summer as well against better yeah. players, too, um, which also helped that confidence level. So you're out at UNLV and and he mosses a couple dudes. So he gets some confidence. Right. He's like, OK, because before, you know, when you're out there in the little schools of Iowa, you might be the biggest fish in the whole pond. You get out to UNLV and it's like 
there's a lot of fish out here. <laughs> yeah, especially when, you know, they had, I think it was 13 or 14 other schools. It was kind of like a combo camp where they had these other schools that were attaching on to UNLV to come out okay. and look. And so it was, uh, you know, a little bit of pressure that I was putting on him, you know, to perform, but just to see how he would respond, you know, again, hey, this is your opportunity to perform in front of very high level coaches. Um, hopefully your mind is ready. You know, I fed him a good meal at the house the night before, you know, I yeah. got him prepped up, you know, again, you don't know how the young man's going to react and coming from that first camp in Iowa, uh, you know, back in Iowa where he was a little timid, a little hesitant uh, to let the motor out and kind of feeling around a little bit to him coming out and mossing a couple kids and, you know, telling the coaches that uh, you guys need to get on my radar, you know, not, not the <laughs> other way around. Right. was like, I was like, Hey, I like that. Hey, this I like that. You know, growing. he's growing. The, the, the shell is, the shell is breaking a little bit, which is good. Cause again, as I, as I said, the, the exposure to those types of situations are very few and far between for these young kids in this small area. Yeah. Right. So getting that exposure. And he said it the other day when we were working on the field together, he said, you know, I didn't have anybody to look up to. I was able to talk to those eighth graders today that are coming in as a senior finally. And he was like, I told him, I was like, don't take plays off. Don't take days off. Don't take reps off. Right. You don't get this time back. And to hear him kind of say those things that I've been telling him the last three, four five years has been, you know, that again, that's a win for me. Right. I'll take that all day. Absolutely. Are y'all going to another camp soon or? Uh, my work schedule allowed me not to travel with him this year, but he's uh, he's in the midst of four or five different camps right now. Northern Illinois, he's uh, a couple of the Iowa schools, Iowa State, Iowa, but he's got uh, he's got a couple offers from I think Northern Illinois and then uh, Northern Iowa right now. So oh, he's cool. uh, he's starting to get a little bit uh, a little bit more known on the scene. Again, coming from this area, right? It's it's going to take uh, every every drip of marketing, every social media post that we can do for him. And, you know, if it takes me, as I told you, getting out and throwing with him because the quarterback doesn't show up, then, hey, you know, it's uh, I'll take a sore hose for the next couple of days. To That's help right. Get out. That's right. That's why they have ice machines, right? That's right. That's actually right. Hey, I'm going to I'm going to close this up. What is uh, this show is called Another Rep. What does another rep mean to you when you hear that another rep? What's that mean to you? You know, when you when you sent the when you told me about the you know, ending out this way, I, I looked at one of my old playbooks here last night and one of the quotes on there, and I think, you know, Charlie Stubbs, uh, he, he, Charlie Stubbs, very well respected in my world. I love Charlie. And he had a saying on there that said, perfection is the goal. Excellence is, excellence will be tolerated. And I know that's probably not his quote, but uh, for, for me to see that again and to live that quote again was, that's another rep. Perfection is perfection is what we're all attaining in everything that we do. Life, love, uh, family, friends, football, whatever it is. Very rarely do we get that, right? But yeah. if you're doing it excellent and you're doing it high grade, high level with, you know, ethically, all that good stuff, I'm looking for that other rep because I'm trying to get to perfection. I love that. And, I love that. And, and I, know, I know it may not come, but trying to get as close to that as possible in everything I'm doing. Yeah, you've always been that way ever since I I first started knowing you when you were like 16 years old, something like that. And yeah. I don't know if you're like 28 now or what, but. <laughs> no, we're, 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 we're a little bit north of 40. We'll just put it that way. I can't lie to you. I love reconnecting with you, man. I, I love it. It's been too long. I think uh, I always thought the world of you and I just, I still do. And uh, it's just been a blast reconnecting with you and hearing how you come along and now you're the coach 
<laughs> and no you're doubt. coaching me. <laughs> no, no, I appreciate you having me on. It's good to catch up. And um, like I said, you were in my living room as a as a young as a young high school kid, and made some influences on me to to sway my decision to come join you guys at UNLV. And uh, you know, I, that's my hometown school. And for you guys to give me that opportunity back in the day, I'll I'll, I'll always hold that highly regarded. That, yeah, that's fun. That's good times, man. So hey, thanks for coming on another rep and. Uh, out of here thanks coach john thanks so much for coming back on another rep with me and um, just really love hearing your story i know your story is going to help somebody else's story because we're all connected all the time and that's why i do this show because uh, somebody hears this and they figure it out and they go i don't need to go there or i should go there and uh, that's why we do this so really appreciate you coming on if you like the show hit like hit subscribe send it to all your friends send it to all your people And until we meet again, you keep repping. I am out.